Welcome to Future of XYZ. I'm your host, Lisa Grelnick, and together we'll explore big questions about where we are as a world and where we're going. Future of XYZ is presented in collaboration with Rhode Island PBS. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Future of XYZ. Today, we are speaking about a very apropos, very in-the-moment topic, the future of consumer AI. And with us are two of the leads of um, various programs that drive AI at IBM, which is one of the world's leading hardware, software, et cetera, companies who are driving this change towards AI, data mining, et cetera. And we'll talk a lot about that. Um, with us are Sevki Koklu coming to us live and direct from D.C. en route to, to uh, Brazil, and Elaine Parr, usually in London, but currently in Amsterdam. Thank you, ladies, both for joining us on Future of XYZ. Thank you for well, um, Stevke, you're the general manager um, of global distribution industries at IBM Tech. You've been with IBM for 22 years. You have a very, both of you have quite um, pedigreed background, educational backgrounds and have seen a lot. Elaine, you rebounded a couple of years ago to IBM, but you've also been at PwC and uh, Ernst & Young EY. So you head up the um, the consumer industries consulting practice at IBM. So I think where we want to start, um, obviously, when we're speaking about the future of consumer AI, is what is consumer AI? And perhaps how is it different than what we'll just call basic AI or generative AI, which is such a buzzword today? So I, shall I, I'm going to look to my technical friend, Sebgi, to kick us off. Um. Yeah, in, in terms of industry, of course, uh, consumer AI versus generative AI. So in IBM, what we do, what we, we don't call it consumer AI. We call it more business AI. So it's enterprise AI, I would, I would say it. So um, in that sense, we, are, we have four principles around enterprise AI, which is open, trusted, targeted, empowering. Targeted because we are not targeting consumer AI. So what we see in the market with the consumers, um, um, like individuals playing with uh, ChatGPT, for example, this is really what it is, what is called consumer AI. But what we are doing in IBM, focused on enterprises, this is our customers, our own customers. So it's more like B2B type event setting. Um, and here, what we are trying to do is uh, working with them, identifying the right use cases and creating a generative AI set of settings for them based on those use cases. And within the consumer industry itself, um, Elaine is our uh, consumer industry expert here, and he, she leads that team. Uh, we're focusing on that industry-specific use cases and how we can implement those use cases using technology across the board. So, yeah. And just before we joined, I was just sharing the kind of juxtaposition. So, um, generative AI and chat GPT has done business AI a huge service and a huge disservice so the service is that ceos and my mom and everyone in between are talking about generative ai and that's great because it's really difficult to capture the imagination sometimes with technology i mean you know blockchain did not do that we've captured the imagination with generative ai so that's great the downside is we've captured the imagination with generative AI and everyone wants some of it. And actually, from a business perspective, 
exactly as Sebgi said, it's super important to think about some of the foundations that are required, the governance, the security, the data quality. So I'm kind of, I kind of flip flop between, yay, let's talk generative AI to, oh, everyone wants to talk generative AI, you know, but it's absolutely a fascinating time to be an IBMer. We've been that... talking about AI since the 1950s and finally the world's caught up with us, right? So this is a great time to be where Sebgi and, and I are. Well, I, I love that. And, and and thanks for the background, both of you, because I think one of the things that's interesting to me, and you, and you mentioned IBM's been in this game for a long time. I mean, I, I would argue that Watson, IBM's Watson, is the first branded, I mean, and maybe still to this point, other than ChatGPT, but certainly the only branded B2B solution AI that people understood was AI, machine learning, et cetera, before we really came to understand what it is. And obviously that's now built become a platform and you now have, you know, Watson X.ai and various other solutions there. But I think coming back to just generically, um, it's interesting, Sevgi, you call it, you know, enterprise AI or something other than consumer AI. But when I think about the application cases, even coming out of a company such as IBM, you, you mentioned, Elaine, before, what are the use cases? And I know you were just, you know, with, with someone that was in, in deep luxury retail. I mean, the question here is, we're all talking about this, but in fact, what are the use cases? You know, what topic areas does AI today address? What sectors, you know, can it really, really help? And where are you guys playing? So it's, it's, I, I love, I love this journey of exploration because you think Gen AI and you immediately start to think of the more creative areas of marketing and marketing messages and you kind of get stuck in that kind of marketing space but in truth if you step back there are lots of other ways that ai and gen ai add value and some of them are not in the least bit exciting so code creation or persona creation so say for example we are doing a big transformation at a large cpg company and they want to think about the different personas that they serve both as employees and then as customers and consumers. Gen AI can turn those personas around accurately within literally seconds. Now, it's not particularly exciting. It's not going to change the world, but that's a perfectly good, very simple use case. Um, Reporting. So all of our clients have to do statutory reporting, tax reporting, ESG reporting, every place and every stakeholder and everywhere they need to do that reporting is a different format with different data. You can use AI and Gen AI to do that. Now, I'm, I'm, that's not particularly sexy or exciting, but as you run... But it's helpful. Jane. Yes, but as you run through the value chain, literally kind of nose to tail of a business, <laughs> we can see different uses, whether it's in talent processes, customer service, generating code, populating boring reports. Um, but you've got to kind of unhook your brain and think about the art of the the possible. Well, I love that head to tail or nose to tail, as they say in like butchery and animal eating. It's like, you know, it's your cu customer experience because you understand the customer better. It's your customer service. It's your HR. It's your operational efficiencies. It's it's all of that, right? Because it's a data plug. It's 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 scraping data and then building upon that. 
Um, what I think is interesting, however, I mean, AI is, I mean, you're suggesting that AI already touches everything. What is the specific potential of it going forward? I mean, and, and specifically in terms of kind of these consumer enhancements to businesses. Yeah, so just uh, I, I, you know, I take this in terms of just wrapping up what Elaine was uh, alluding to. Um, um, there are three categories actually, and these are the starting points with IBM when it comes to implementation for generative AI: is talent, customer service, and app modernization. Talent is all about this improvement in HR, and we're already seeing this forty percent uh, in our own actually implementation in IBM within IBM. Customer service is contact center, but uh, this is really the cases contained by conversational AI. This is above and beyond what we were seeing in the market today with chat GPT, I mean, uh, chat bots and everything. And then app modernization, again, Elaine mentioned about uh, co-creating the code, co-piloting, code creation, um, playbook creations and things like that. So these are the three major categories right now is IBM we're focusing on. But to your question, Lisa, in terms of the use cases, what is the art of the possible, especially with the consumer industry itself? Uh, again, it starts with customer experience. It's all about customer, right? How do we improve our commerce, marketing, customer care? These are the three categories under customer experience. And then the next topic for us in, from an industry perspective that is important is supply chain and operations. How do we do better merchandising? Supply chain, how do we do better forecasting? Yes, we've been doing a lot of AI in terms of our forecasting, but what is next here? How do we apply generative AI foundational models so we can much, much better forecast and trade promotions, for example. It's a great example. We are actually working on this with generative AI uh, concept. And dynamic and pricing, I'm sure, too. Exactly. Yeah, you got it. And then new product development, right? The, the product inspiration design, how do we incorporate the client feedback directly into the product design as we do it? And generative AI is a great tool for that. These are really awesome use cases. And across the board, enterprise modernization, right? The finance, we talked about HR, but how about finance? How about legal? How about IT ops and security? We're seeing IT security a lot also in our use cases, man. We talk with the customers too. So there's a lot more to do there. Yeah, we start with the three main areas that I mentioned earlier, but from a consumer industry perspective, we have a lot more. You have a lot more, and you talked about security, so you've opened yourself up, and I heard the pillars of, um, you know, IBM specifically before, but I, I mean, I was planning on asking this later, but we, we just talked about it. I mean, I think one of the things that for me personally, and I'm sure for many people, I mean, the data access and what is being mined is, 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 is a little frightening because they know everything, how they know everything. And if who knows everything gets hacked by someone who wants to know more or everything, you know, how does in a very fast changing world, you know, uh, Elaine, you were saying about this conversation you had before you just re started recording, you know, about the foundations. We have to have foundations in place. And the same thing is true for anything we've done. You know, we're moving light speed ahead but is the foundation in place and specifically as concerns security? Yes, AI can help with security, but AI is also part of the problem, right? So how is how are we addressing that as we look towards the future of AI where this is only going to grow and become more embedded within corporations and our own daily lives? Yeah, if I may take the delay and please add to that. So as I mentioned at the very beginning of the call, there are four principles for generative AI as, as part of IBM's, right? Open trusted, targeted, and empowering. 
So let me say trusted. It is it is the most important to me. It's the most important thing that will differentiate other companies because um, uh, we have this platform, as you mentioned, What's the Next platform. But within What's the Next, there is What's the Next dot governance. That platform provides the trustiness uh, all about, and I, I don't want to go through the technical details around it, but it's an enabling platform to um, uh, have that trusted generative AI function because uh, that's uh, that's our responsibility, right? Uh, as IBM and, and other companies the same way, that's why the current administration also bringing different parties together. Uh, I think they were here last week um, talking about this, but it is very critical to be able to create that platform where it's trusted. And we have that uh, within our platform actually embedded into it and, and to implement that. Uh, to make sure those type of issues won't happen. Uh, and Elaine, I just want to uh, refocus the question for a second. I'm sure you have things to add, but if we think outside of IBM, because IBM obviously is a behemoth and has been doing this for a very long time, but a lot of companies haven't. A lot of companies can't, smaller companies can't are using AI, but they can't afford an IBM solution, for instance. So as AI gets more and more embedded into the nose to tail of, of the business enterprise and the functionality, how can companies create this kind of transparency and confidence, really? I mean, we talk about trust, but it's confidence and Who's responsible really for that in, in, in the world as we look ahead towards the future of consumer AI? Yeah, and, and um, uh, funnily enough, over coffee earlier, we were talking about some of the horror stories we see when there isn't that control, there isn't that governance, there isn't that security. And quite a lot, the, quite, a, quite a lot of that actually emerged through need, through COVID. So, you know, controls and governance and security to be part of the journey that any business goes on with generative AI. This is not my mum using chat GPT to say, should I deal with the glut of plums I've got? This is our sacred corporate data. It could be M&A data. It's going to be all our financial data. It's going to be employee data. It's going to be customer data. This is, this is not a place for amateurs. This is not a place without governance and and I, I don't see many of the big clients that we work with entering into this lightly if I'm honest um yeah I really don't you know so um it's not my mom looking for plum recipes That's but I mean you know the fu the funny thing about the plum example with your mom right is that that data though is however open source and can be mined by anyone right and so there is actually this very interesting kind of argument as companies for instance continue to grow and want to integrate this more you know at the speed of change is just rapid as we talk about this foundations right so we have to we know that this is going to get increasingly embedded both individually as well as corporately and you're right the corporate side has more guardrails in place they have more walls but they also it's more one could argue is certainly more important to national security corporate security etc but like how how does this get managed i mean from 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 the side of ai how do we i mean there's lots of talk about ai running away and like taking over the world right i mean there there is this that there's enough data you know that at that point happens as we think about the future of consumer ai i mean dynamic pricing is a perfect example for it how does it serve us instead of you know not i mean i guess it serves corporate profits i get that but like how does it serve us as human beings as a species so it's really interesting this because when people talk AI and Gen AI, 
they immediately think about efficiencies, about cost cutting, about losing jobs and all of that stuff. And I see there is, there's a much higher order conversation to be had. So yes, of course there's efficiencies, of course, rather than having a human being answer the phone and verify who you are and tell you what time stores are open, there's efficiencies. You can cut out those stages. But I think the higher order benefits of where this is going, so the effectiveness, the risk mitigation, the quality of our work, and then the experience for all of us from AI and generative AI. You know, why should an employee walk, you know, get on a plane, use an app on their phone, park their car, use an app on their phone, do their banking, use an app on their phone and then walk into their corporation and have a, you know, an experience that's 30 years old tech. So of course we need to mitigate the risks. Of course we need to put the governance around this, but once we've done that, we need to then start to think about the higher order benefits that this will bring. And that's the exciting stuff, you know, AI, and ESG, AI in employee experience, AI and risk mitigation, not just AI and scary stories about losing jobs and, and cost cutting and data running away with its, itself. And most of my clients are a little bit nervous and super excited, I think. And the little bit nervous is important, right? Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, you wrote in a, a, a post that you, you put up recently about a study at the IBM Institute for Business Values that 42% of retail CEOs, you know, are banking on AI technologies like, you know, deep learning, generative AI, et cetera, uh, machine learning to drive revenue. You know, I think that there are risks in this. That's my personal opinion. But how do we know that AI isn't just the next shiny object? And I think, Sevgi, your work is, you know, um, uh, very, very much determine this. I mean, there are lots of buzzwords that happen. There's lots of technology that, you know, comes and goes. And of course, it's iterative. I get that. But how do we know that this isn't just the the next shiny object that CEOs have to use because otherwise they look like fools? So actually, um, this is... <laughs> Um, this is a good uh, good one. Um, so uh, we are doing a lot of what we call MEPs um, or POCs uh, with our uh, customers as we speak, because they are very proof, proof of concept. Yeah, proof of concept um, or minimum viable product. Um, so it uh, it depends on on what you're trying to do with each uh, customer. But the purpose of doing it is is because there's so much word going on. They they want to and we want to see it in real life. We're talking about use cases. We're talking about applying certain business requirements, use cases into generative AI. Let's see it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's demo it and, and see how it works and how it is different from what we're doing. So I would say um, almost 90% of my customers, they are either doing an MEP or they're in the process of finalizing their use case definitions. That's a big number. And, and I've been around this uh, business for a while and I never seen this much of an interest in this short time frame in, in any other technology that we develop. So that tells something. Absolutely. And uh, we're getting towards the end, but I have one more question before I ask the final question, which is always the same question on all future of XYZs. But the, the question interim is obviously, I mean, I think about blockchain as an example, it is extraordinarily energy heavy, right? I mean, so much of our technology is actually 
fueling the climate crisis in many ways. Um, you guys just recently released some research that I thought was interesting, and it's it, it actually goes above my head. So I, I'd love just to talk about it for a second, which is talking about, you know, um, analog AI chips that can handle natural language processing, right, and, and, and basic AI tasks um, with much more greater energy efficiency. I think it's like 14 times the energy efficiency of the next best. A, I didn't realize that IBM built chips, so I might be wrong, or maybe that's your technology, but obviously you guys also build chips. But what is, as as you just said, 90% of your clientele is actually going after this technology. How do we, as we go towards the future of consumer AI with this is, you know, more and more embedded in reality, how do we mitigate the the the, the negative externalities, let's call it, especially on the planet? Now, I wasn't expecting you to talk about chip manufacture either. Um, so we have, so IBM is a super interesting company, $20 billion consulting business, $40 billion technology uh, company, but then underpinned by a massive research organization. And that research organization attracts $8 billion worth of funding. And it's doing exactly that. It's looking at future facing issues. So sustainability, you know, what is the, future chip design that is lower energy you know how are we going to build green it into our solutions you know and then you really start to get to the mind-blowing stuff lisa around quantum and this kind of stuff um but it kind of goes hand in hand you know you you can't develop a technology and then not be mindful of its impact on the the planet so green it green technology is super important you you know you can't be blind to any of the consequences of where we're taking our innovations that's great no so just to add to that um yeah it's a responsible it responsible business not just for ibm for all of the technology firms out there and all of the businesses actually not just the technology firms i think whatever we do we have to consider what are the impacts of what we're doing so bringing different companies together, like a consortium and discussing this, um, getting aligned, creating that governance, I think it's key. And, and it's happening. It's happening with the administration. It's happening informally with different companies as well. Uh, so we all live in this planet and we're all human beings here and, and we want to do the right thing and we want to do the responsible thing for our future generations as well. So I believe in that and, and I believe uh, with the right communication, open communication and governance, um, we should be able to um, do this properly. That's great. Well, at least the next, next time we have one of these sessions, we should do it from the IBM Watson labs. You can see the banks of quantum computers going. Kind of, you can see chips being made. I can only just about understand. I totally want. I'm taking you up on this, Elaine. Don't don't wiggle things like that. I can't wait. <laughs> Um, well, as, as a final question, and I'm going to let you guys tag team this one so you guys can decide who wants to eat each one. The, ta- the last question always is, what do you see as the future for consumer AI as we've talked about it in the next, you know, five to 10 years? And what's your greatest hope for it in the next 20? Wow. So I hope um, we see some democratization of technology so kind of doesn't really matter what the technology is it doesn't really matter what's under the hood it's all about adding value to the user experience so being able to better serve our customers being able to 
drive more efficient processes. Kind of almost the the technology just becomes an invisible enabler and all of us can use the tech most of us without even realizing that we we are um and and a lot of if i look around my clients now lisa a lot of very smart people spend a lot of time doing stuff that is really dull and really boring and cannot be adding value to much and i want that stuff to go away and AI and gen AI can, can make that happen. You know, so we turn up and our day job is more rewarding, more satisfying, more fun, and hopefully less hours. <laughs> no, I, I agree with what Elaine said. It's, it's really more technology enabling everything. I would say, uh, with consumer AI, um, both in consumer as well as in enterprises, right? Um, and, and we will see it uh, making our life easier um, and um, in, in a lot of different respects, aspects. Um, and then next 20 years, it's hard to gauge next 20 years. So, so uh, but um, uh, a lot more automation, a lot more um, AI uh, embedded into our life, embedded into the way uh, we live. Uh, that's how I see it. Uh, we're not going to be talking about this is different. This is this is an MVP anymore, right? It's going to be part of integral part of how we uh, how we live. So, um, Elaine Parr and Sevgi Koglu, thank you both of IBM. Thank you for joining us for the future of consumer AI. It's been an enlightening conversation. Obviously, we only scratch the surface in these calls, especially on a topic that's quite as complex. Um, but I look forward to another conversation in the future. And thank you again for joining us on Future of XYZ today. Thank you. Thank you. We will see you in the Watson Labs next. I cannot wait for that. Thank you. And for everyone watching and listening, uh, make sure that you check us out wherever you uh, listen to your favorite podcast. You can also find us um, with our presenting partner, Rhode Island PBS at ripbs.org forward slash XYZ to watch the videos of these and follow uh, Future of XYZ on Instagram or visit future-of.xyz if you want to learn more or nominate yourself or someone else as a guest. We look forward to seeing you in two weeks time. Again, uh, ladies from IBM, Sevgi Koklu and Elaine Parr, I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you.